and welcome back to your favorite book club podcast, book club special feature on planet Earth. Love you, read it. Yeah, we're so excited to be doing this episode. This was our October spooky read. It was Aaron's pick this month. We did a Riley Sager book, which you've probably heard of him. He's come out with like, what? I think this was his fourth novel. I think so. Yeah, we've read like some of his other stuff too. So yeah, we're excited to talk about this one. Yeah, spoiler alert, we hated it, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah, it was my pick. I mean, but I'm kind of excited though, because there's just like nothing better. Like, obviously it's fun to like read a good book every once in a while, but there's nothing better than shit talking a really bad book with your friends. And so we're kind of here to do that with you guys. So like Meg said, I chose, I already forgot the name because I've pushed it so far out of my mind. I've we read Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. This is kind of like our little introduction to it. If you guys are new here, we do our book club episodes every single month. We do them once a month. We haven't been on the podcast for the past three weeks, and that's okay. We're always here for book club because we're huge readers. But before we like kind of get too far into the episode, I'm going to give you guys a summary. It's not a quick summary. It's a two-page summary, but like, just bear with me. It'll really help you to understand it. While writing the summary and kind of like proofreading it so I could put it together for this episode, it reminded me how bad this book really was. So <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy. I really didn't think it was going to be bad. But no, like, I, I-, I thought it was going to be fabulous. So, I mean, we both read Lock Every Door. It was a good three star. It was like a, fu- mm-hmm. like a fine, like good thriller. Like I would recommend. And then I read Survive the Night and thought it was a work of art. And it's funny because that book has like a 3.5 on Goodreads. And I thought it was so funny. Like I loved it. Like I know you don't necessarily love unreliable narrators, I feel like either. But it's like I love them. Like I love when I'm like reading it and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can like believe them or like I don't know if they're telling the truth or like because in Survive the Night, like she keeps having like these like seizures almost and she keeps like hallucinating things. And so you don't know if it's like really happening or not kind of like inception and like so I like that but Mm -hmm. whatever I guess we'll get into the book so you guys can hate as much as we do so starting off the book the novel switches back and forth from a parts of the book written by Ewan I were preparing for the episode and I said Ewan so if I said if I say Ewan at any point just like let it go it's E-W-A-N, so it's just like a weird name. What is what? it, like Scottish or some shit or Something Irish? Like that. But it switches back and forth between parts of the book written by Ewan Holt and then narration from Maggie Holt, his daughter, many years after its publication. So basically, half of the book is written, you're basically reading his book, and the other half is like her in the present day. So Maggie's life has been defined by her father's worldwide best-selling book, House of Horrors. Ewan's book is a non-fictional account of the Holt family's time at Bainbury Hall, which is a mansion that they moved into 25 years ago for 20 days before fleeing. So in the book, Ewan and his wife, Jess, move into Bainbury Hall with their five-year-old daughter, Maggie. The previous owners were the Carvers, and the father gets a little confusing going back and forth, so like, bear with us here. The father, Curtis Carver, hung himself and then suffocated his daughter, Katie, and the wife, Martha, found them both. Uh, Ewan later finds out that the house's original owner, William Garson. So there's William Garson, then years later is the Carvers, then now it's the Holtz. So uh, he finds out the original owner had a daughter, Indigo, who was murdered as well. And as he researches the house's horrific history, Ewan learns of other deaths, all involving daughters that were killed when their fathers were present. So at the house, Walter... Hibbets, well, Walt Hibbets is the caretaker and Elsa is the housekeeper. Elsa is a superstitious woman with two daughters, and each morning, Ewan hears a mysterious thud at 
Okay. First of all, this article said 445, but wasn't it 454? I thought it was 454, but... I thought it was too. Maybe they like I... inverted the numbers and they were typing. Every single night he hears a mysterious thud at 454 and the sound of tapping. A record player often turns on as well, playing When You're 16 Going on 17 from The Sound of Music. The song's so fire. <laughs> it's like a good song, so like... I was like singing it every time it came. <laughs> right? <laughs> Meanwhile, a five-year-old Maggie claims to see ghosts. So there's Mr. Shadow, literally me, who's a dark figure, and then a young girl. And then there's also Mrs. Pennyface. Miss Pennyface, sorry. Let me be correct. Miss Pennyface if you're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a woman with pennies on her eyes. Ewan and Jess dismiss this as an overactive imagination and night terrors, which, like, if you have a kid that's telling you that there's, like, a man in her bedroom at night, maybe, like, see- seek some help. Uh. So then back in the present day, 30-year-old Maggie inherits the house. Ewan, her dad, is recently deceased, and she has no recollection of the events of the book and has always considered it to be full of lies. She moves back. Well, she basically finds out that because her dad died, he left her the house because they never sold it. So she moves back into her old room in the house and plans to renovate and sell the house. But she also really wants to find out the truth. She meets Dane, who is Walt's grandson. Remember, guys, the guy who was like the handyman before him. And Hannah, who's Elsa's daughter, who Elsa was, like, the housekeeper, blah, blah, blah. Walt is deceased, and Elsa has Alzheimer's. Hannah's older sister, Petra, went missing around the time the Holt left Mainbury, and Petra was 16 at the time, while Hannah was 6. As Maggie stays in the house, objects start goes mi- going missing, she hears the same music her dad did in the book, and she he- keeps hearing the same tapping that her dad did. And she really just thinks it's, like, intruders, because, obviously, the house is, like, a haunted house. There's tons of tourists. It's really just, like, a tourist destination, and people will bring in because of the fame of the book. Maggie offers Dane work, and he helps with the renovation, and he accepts. And Maggie also tries to verify the facts of the book, so she finds old photos that correspond with many scenes. But there's some details that really just don't make sense. So, in the book, Ewan described a day where the kitchen ceiling collapsed. This part literally fucked me up. Where the kitchen ceiling collapsed and there was a nest of snakes in the space between the floors. Also, yeah, so this is, like, described in the past in the quote-unquote nonfiction book. He found letters written to Indigo where she'd wanted to elope with her boy, but her father was, like, determined to prevent it. And she died mysteriously soon after. So, Ewan suspects that it was William who killed her, her dad. In the present, Maggie and Dane are inspecting the house when the same spot breaks open and a human skeleton falls down. Ugh, and it's Petra, who's Elsa's daughter, who went missing. Petra had stated that Petra had started sneaking out around the time that the Holt had moved in, and Maggie suspects her father may be implicated in Petra's death. Loki, Loki. I thought that like her dad and Petra were like having an affair, but I mean that's kind of how they like were framing it. But we'll get there. So then back in his book, Ewan claims that using a Ouija board, which why would you ever, and other means to contact the house's spirits, the spirit identifies himself as Curtis Carver, which like, just because they say that they are doesn't mean that they are, and it claims that it didn't kill Katie. Instead, the spirit directs Ewan to some old photos and a painting of Indigo Garrison. The painting contains a hint. Basically, she has a rabbit in her hand, but like he rubs it away and it turns out to be a snake, which fell from the ceiling. So it looks like Indigo, he realizes that Indigo might have been angry about her father and might have been the predator after all. And that her spirit may have been punishing other fathers by killing their daughters and blaming them. So the spirit attacks, but eventually Ewan, Maggie, and Jess are able to flee. So that's kind of how the book ends, that they like dip out. So then the rest of the book is really in the present day. And in the present day, Maggie talks to Martha Carver, who was the mom of Katie that was killed by her dad stay with me guys we're almost done 
Uh, she talks to uh, Martha for her like for some fucking reason. She still lives in town, but she denies every part of Ewan's story. And Mar- Martha also mentions items from Bainberry being sold online. And then Maggie like decides. So basically, this woman Martha is like, "Yeah, I've been seeing like artifacts from your house being sold online." And uh, Maggie's like, "What the fuck?" And she finds out that it's Hannah, who's Elsa's daughter, who's been breaking into the house. So, like, well, she has a key, I guess. And she's been sneaking up the back steps that Maggie didn't know existed. And Maggie's like, huh. So Maggie finds the hidden door that leads to the armoire. Because basically, every single night when she was little, she was seeing uh, this creepy man, like, come out of the armoire. Well, Miss Pennyface, technically, come out of the armoire in her room. And so basically, the stairs lead up into, the like, the armoire. She also notices a page in Ewan's book describing how Walt had asked a boy in town to help patch up the ceiling after it broke. Maggie recalls how Hannah had believed Petra had a secret boyfriend and she wonders if that boyfriend was the one who killed Petra and hid her body in the ceiling. Through looking through old photos, Maggie realizes that her Petra's old boyfriend was Dane, the man who has been helping her and who helped her find the body. I, this is this is a question, so I won't really bring it up, but I literally thought it was Dane that did all this. So they literally got into like a fist fight, and Dane was injured and he was taken away on a stretcher. Like she like pushed him through like the hole in the floor, and he fell like multiple stories and like basically died. In the aftermath, Maggie's been calling her mom this whole time and she hasn't answered. And then she finally shows up and she's like, hey, girl, sorry you're going through this. Like, I'm here now. And she tells Maggie that it wasn't Dane actually that killed Petra. She says that it was Maggie. Dun, dun, dun. Petra was babysitting one night and when they came home, there were signs of a physical altercation and she had been pushed down the stairs. Ewan made up most of the story. Basically, the whole question in the book is like whether or not the story is real or not. And Ewan says that he made up the story to cover up like he made up all the ghosts and everything to capitalize off of the house's spooky history even though that part was real even though maggie's night terrors were also real because he wanted to cover up for maggie's crime afterwards maggie's alone when martha emerges from the armoire and with the moonlight glinting off her spectacles maggie realizes that miss Pennyface is martha <gasps> so when maggie was young martha would sneak up to watch her sleep because she'd obviously lost her daughter and thought that she reminded her of her and then when petra was babysitting petra walked in and saw martha and flipped out and martha was actually the one that pushed petra down the stairs but maggie obviously now knows the truth and randomly martha poisoned maggie with this pie and now it's with bane berries which i kind of loved like the meta detail but um and then basically yeah long story short maggie gets pushed down the stairs but survived and she thinks that she sees petra's spirit because she's like delusional off of um this poison but really it was elsa because she had alzheimer's and she like snuck in um, and it turns out that Elsa was Mr. Shadow. So she really, I don't know. Um, and then basically the epilogue comes and Maggie starts writing the sequel to her father's book. <laughs> Y'all, what the fuck? That was just like, honestly, so bad. Like, No, like it was horrible. I just think it's really interesting. I mean, I knew this before we read the book, but I just think it's really interesting that Riley Sager is his like pen name. And the guy, the author writes books as, like, other people, but he wanted to write, like, horror books as it could be female or male so that, like, people would, like, flock to his writing. A lot of authors do that. Like, I know that, like, J.K. Rowling did, even though we don't stand her anymore. I think, like, E.L. Stein, too, for, like, Fifty Shades. People just try and, like, appeal to the other genders because then, like, you might not reach, like, an entire group of people, so. Yeah. 
I mean, like, I guess it's smart, but I'm like, okay. Like, I just read a book. Like, um, if you follow me on Goodreads, which you definitely should, I'll um, link you should them also down follow me. But I just read this book, The X Hex. It's like a Halloween book. Would you recommend? And I gave it a three. I saw that. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Like a good like spooky season like corny book it kind of gave me like halloween town vibes like i wouldn't say it's like the best movie ever but like it's still like good you know like you still watch it you know what i mean but yeah there's just like fucking in it like okay there's like i was like all right the author is aaron sterling but her real name is rachel hawkins and it literally says Rachel Hawkins like all over the book. Like it like if you look at like the summary on the back and like stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, like I understand that's your pen name and stuff, but like if you're trying to be like anonymous, then why are you splashing your real name all over it? Yeah. Like Riley Sager doesn't do that. Like mm-hmm. you you'd have to like it's easy to find out his real name, but like it's not in his books. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I I, so I'm like, I don't really know why you're trying to do that for the clout, but yeah, I don't get that. But if you guys are new here, you wouldn't know that every single week when we record our regular episodes, we talk about what we're loving and what we're hating because this is the Love You Mean It podcast and we like to spread the love. But we also, as you can tell with this episode, like to talk shit. We're going to be talking about what we loved and what we hated about the book. And I wanted to ask you, Meg, what you hated about the book. I literally hated like everything. The characters were like so one-dimensional, couldn't care less like what happened to them the twists in this book didn't really like do anything for me i mentioned in my goodreads review how for a thriller this book didn't thrill me until the last 14 pages i agree i think that's a long time to go without being shocked or surprised or anything yeah i don't know i just thought it was like a complete ripoff of like the haunting of hill house and like other like horror movies and stuff like that i saw like other like a lot of similarities and like I don't know if that's, like, intentional or what, but, like, I know that, like, if I were an author, I probably couldn't, like, consume anything similar just because I feel like I would, like, accidentally copy things. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's, like, what happened, but what are you hating, Erin? No, I just, I mean, obviously I agree exactly with what you're saying, but just to be, like, a little bit different, I just hated how much it dragged on, like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, especially, like, like, obviously, like, I, I go through books pretty quickly, but, like, Meg and I talk about all the time that, like, I consider Meg to be, like, a very fast reader. Like, if a book is good, if it's, like, a substantial book, if it's, like, something we're interested in, like, Meg will get through it in 24 hours. Like, that's a long time for you to read, like, one book, in my opinion. <laughs> like, if it's, like, really good. And, like, it took us, like, days, like, over a week. Like, I started it on, like, a like, I mean, it took me, like, I was alone this past weekend and, like, didn't really do much. And, like, I, it still took me three days. And, like, normally I can, normally I can finish, like, two to three books in, like, a, like, a weekend. And, like, I finished one book this weekend. Because it was this one and it was so long. I just feel like it took a lot of motivation for me to even want to pick mm-hmm. up the book. So, I think that's a problem. You shouldn't feel like that when you're reading. You should, like... I love a book where you don't want to put it down. Like, I will put mm. off sleep yeah. instead, like, just so I can finish a book and know what happened. So this book definitely did not do it for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't love the whole, like, book within a book. Yeah. Kind of deal. Um, I don't I'll, know. I'll talk about that, too. I fucking hate like I didn't mind it as much in this book which I found a little bit shocking but it's almost like I preferred the book in the book rather than like her present narration like I didn't give a fuck like what she was doing like in real life and like 
I just think it's so lazy when it's like, like, I totally understand if there's like excerpts from the book or if it's like parts of the book or they're like quoting the book. But if it's like the, like another book that I read a few months ago, I don't, I've talked about it on like our regular episodes, but it's Swear on This Life by Renee Carlino. This girl and her roommate comes home and she's like, oh my God, this best-selling author just dropped this new book and it's fantastic. She's like, oh, I have to check it out. And she reads it and it's her childhood best friend. And like, he's writing the story of like them growing up. And it's such a good concept, but the book is literally 90% of it is like us reading his book. And I was like, if I wanted to read his book, I would have just read it. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I finally understand, like, what, like, teachers in high school were saying when they didn't want you to, like, quote things. They wanted you to paraphrase. Yeah. Like, I literally don't need to know every single fucking detail. I don't need to know part two. Like, please just tell me what you need to. This book had so much extraneous detail that just, like, did not need to be there. I definitely don't think it needed to be half the book or, like, whole chapters. Yeah. I thought that was really like unnecessary but what did you like about the book i would say that i liked the end because i didn't predict like who the killer was i'll give riley sager that i wasn't expecting that but like i kind of like understand like how it could have been that person but like the motive was definitely there but i like there wasn't a lot of like evidence to support that so i don't know what did you love about the book i guess what i loved about the book would be like the same thing like obviously i liked that i didn't predict the ending like that's why i I definitely appreciate about riley saker like even with lock every door i didn't we both know i I wasn't obsessed with that book but i still can appreciate that the ending was just so far out of left field like i did not see that coming but I don't know like that's really all that I liked which is bad like there was nothing else good about it I read that the book was heavily influenced and he said himself that it was heavily influenced by Amityville Horror but I'm like I literally feel like this book was just copy paste Haunting of Hill House but like he literally copied Mike Flanagan's entire script of the Haunting of Hill House show on Netflix yeah um it was a complete ripoff there were so many different like there were so many similarities i felt like the main character was like such a pick me yeah like she was like oh my god like i don't believe in ghosts like they're not and then then she like moved in and she was like oh my god maybe they are and she was just like so fucking annoying and i was like dude can these ghosts just like kill her like i don't care no i know that's what i um i said about in my review for survive the night i was even though i gave it like a five and i loved it i just said that like i hate like (laughs) women that are written by men like you can just tell that like a man wrote this uh, like a man wrote this book you know yeah I think we should make it um a law that men aren't allowed to write about women I know because it's like obviously she's gonna be like superficial and just like so fucking annoying because she's written by men (laughs) it's kind of like how the best guys are written by women like yeah but even then I'm like like I can like love a guy like in a book and like literally want to marry him but like i know for a fact that like a man would never do that oh, shit no. or say that shit uh-uh. i have yet to find a man in life that was written by a woman no. <laughs> but now we're gonna get into the discussion questions i normally love pulling discussion questions together because there's normally them at the back of the book or like on different blogs there's so many questions but this is the first one of the first books i've ever read honestly where like there were no discussion questions and i literally had to, what is there to talk about? no like literally what is there to talk about but i literally had to like pull this out of my ass like i really hope that you guys appreciate my questions because it ended up being pretty good but like just give me a sec the questions are better than the book guys no they they literally are question number one what three words would you use to best describe this book i would say 
dragging and dragging yeah wait what did you say i said confusing boring and draggy exactly no i think that's perfect yeah me too question number two what was your favorite moment in the book and your least favorite personally for me like my favorite moment in the book was literally just like the whole martha part i mean i know we already kind of said that but just like realizing that like martha was the one that was like behind all of it like I felt like, I mean, this is another question too, but there was just so many like plot twists that like, I just kept thinking like, oh, it's this person. Oh, it's this person. Oh, it's this person. And so I just kept being so confused. But I guess I would just say like my least favorite moment in the book, just like the beginning, Meg hadn't told me about this, but like in the beginning when like they're going through the house and they were like, oh, like this person died here and this person died here and it this happened and this happened and this happened. And they're like touring the house and they're like, we'll take it. Like, oh my god this is so corny like i saw this like this tiktok and it was like every white person in a horror movie and it's like the most like fucking terrifying house and like there's probably like mass murders there and everyone's like yeah like let's move in like what the fuck do you think is gonna happen like this is a creepy ass house with a murder suicide like no what and like, you're gonna move want, in okay like, don't want that it, was it was cheap for a reason they were like oh this house is so cheap i was like yeah, I, I fucking wonder why but i'm saying like it's ridiculous how many things they overlooked it's too good to be true like i don't know i just i don't find that shit believable like no. i'm so game for like a ghost story like i definitely like sort of believe in that stuff so mm-hmm. like to me if you can make like an interesting or like spooky story i'm fucking here for that but, like, this book did just not do it at all. Like, no. it was so bad. Anything else you want to add about your least favorite or favorite moments? Or was that it? Um, okay, my favorite moment was definitely, again, with Marta at the end. And then I think my <laughs> least favorite part was when um, they were talking. It was either when the snakes came out of the ceiling or it was, like, when um, Indigo was, like, chasing them out of the house. And she was, like... They kept saying, like, how hot it was, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, that's so weird. I was like, everyone knows that, like, ghosts make the room cold, like, not hot. So I was like, this is just stupid. I was like, what the fuck is this? I can't. You were like, I could feel her rage, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, please stop. I can't. Next question. Was the location fictionalized or real, and how did it impact the story for you? Obviously, so, it's fictionalized. Yeah, but I feel like I normally love anything that's, like, gothic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love old houses. So when I first picked up this book, I had really high expectations and high hopes for it. I feel like you can do a lot with a gothic spooky house. And the way that they were describing it sounds, like, really cool. Uh, so I enjoyed the setting. And I liked that it was in Vermont because I've been there a bunch and I could actually, like, kind of picture it like the landscape and stuff like that so I thought that was cool also I'm like really embarrassed because honestly for like the first like 60% of the book in the beginning of the book they talked about the Boston Commons and so I thought that they were in Boston and I was like this is literally haunting a mill house like this is ridiculous and then I and then like it honestly wasn't until like the 60 or like 70% mark that I was like oh they're in Vermont yeah I forget they like mentioned it like once at the beginning yeah I think but, like, it was kind of, like, offhandedly, and, like, they didn't really talk about it that much. Yeah. But. So, like, obviously, the, like, location of Vermont is very much real, but, like, the, obvious, like, obviously, the, like, the mansion isn't real. I was just picturing, like, the, like, the literal hill house, like, the entire time. 
And I don't know. I mean, obviously it impacted me as like it impacted the story because it made it spookier and it made it scarier. And I was thinking of like the Iron Gates and like obviously like the woods. And so like it definitely made it scarier than if like the story took place in like fucking Miami, you know? Like, <laughs> well, also too, like I just think New England is like very haunted. Yeah. Um, as like it's literally the oldest part of the country. So I think some of the like most. I feel like this is probably the most haunted area, like, in the U.S., so to me, I think that definitely makes it creepier. (laughs) This is such a good question. I literally put this in for this reason specifically. Did this book remind you of a different story, a different book or movie? And what what did it remind you of and why? Fucking Haunting of Hill House. It was literally word for word. Yeah, so basically, like, they left. They were there for two weeks. Like, they were in the show. They left in the middle of the night like same dramatic whatever they like moved into this house to remodel it it was like in the woods and they had like a caretaker who um lived off the ground and like a housekeeper and like the maintenance guy they fled and like they had ghosts and like literally nell in like haunted hill house had like the bent neck lady and they had like the man the really tall man with the hat like it was too close and even like Maggie reminded me a lot of Steven, the character mm-hmm. Steven from Haunting of Hill House. Like he was the oldest sibling. He had written a like a bunch of books about Haunting of Hill House and just like hauntings in general. And he like wasn't he didn't believe in anything. Um he said he had never seen a ghost and like that just reminded me a lot of Maggie mm-hmm. because she literally like grew up in that environment but she was like yeah, like I don't believe in any of it and that's like how Steven was. Yeah. But he was still like profiting off of what happened and I feel like Maggie kind of was too even though she was like oh I hate it but I'm like I secretly feel like she kind of liked it I know she's like oh I I hate the recognition like I don't believe in ghosts and she's writing the sequel and then like her dad was literally (laughs) Ewan like just being like so obsessed with like the ghost and being like oh my god what's happening and all the stuff I don't know and then like them fleeing and his dad like begging the police to believe him literally was like haunting the house it was ridiculous yeah, there's probably even, like, more shit that we're forgetting, but, like, oh, e- or even, like, the family, like, the Garsons versus, like, the Hills and the yeah. Hill House, like, it was, like, the same kind of vibe, Um, like, there was a lot of trauma with that family, and, like, there was with this one, too, like, it was a whole thing, so mm-hmm. I'm, like, I just literally think this was a copy and paste of that show. For sure. Next question is, who was your favorite and least favorite character? Oh, wait, sorry. Can I just add one more thing? Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> it Loki also reminded me of Coraline. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. Because the penny face, I'm like, okay, like, button eyes. Like, I could no. not stop thinking about it. I thought it was so funny. Well, especially because she's, like, an only child and, like, they're living in this house and, like, the boy next door. Ah! The reason that, like... Um, I don't know, I don't think it said this in the summary, but the reason why, like, Maggie thought that she was Miss Pennyface was because um, Marta wore, like, spectacles or something. So I'm picturing, like, Harry Potter glasses, Mm -hmm. and they would, like, glow, like, reflect from the light. So it looked like they were were pennies, but they were just her glasses. (laughs) So funny. And just the fact that she called him, like, Mr. Shadow, and it was, like, this old woman. A literal woman. (laughs) Like, imagine a child, like, calling you a man. I would die. Mr. Shadow? This woman with Alzheimer's is, like, walking around your house. (laughs) (laughs) She's, like, breaking in the middle of the night saying you're gonna die. (laughs) No. Yeah, we include that, I guess, in the summary, too. But, like, Mr. Shadow would literally just go up to her in the middle of the night and be like, you're gonna die here. 
yeah it was just like it was it was so weird and then like the dad started talking to like the guy the the father that oh used God. to live there with like a fucking ouija board i was like this is so weird but then then he admitted that he made all of that up so i'm like i read this for what i literally read this for what because because you thought that your daughter killed someone and she didn't you, you couldn't have asked her i just i just hated like i i felt like that was such like a cop-out like he could have made it like way more realistic at least instead of lying about it like that's basically like when you read a book and then like at the end they're like it was i woke up and it was all a dream like that's he literally, literally just what it made was. me read all the shit and then he lied about it that's literally what it was like he was like yeah we thought that you killed someone so we um wrote this whole book and covered it up like you couldn't have even asked her if she murdered them like she would have been like no case closed. Well, she literally didn't even murder i know <laughs> she she punched hannah but that, or petra but i think that was it that's all she did oh my god but next question that i had was who is your favorite and your least favorite character uh, my least favorite was maggie uh, I I her. my least favorite um, character was also maggie because she was literally a pick me and she's like i don't believe in ghosts i believe in science um my favorite character was petra because i feel like she was a bad bitch I was and like petra she was literally like flirting with the dad and i was like okay miss girl like get it and she was like sneaking out of the house to like see a boy and i was yeah. like oh my god like she was just wrongfully murdered so justice for petra no and like i low-key loved ewan too and how like same. no like, i did like him. he literally took advantage of like the house's history and he got his bag <laughs> yeah and like like i don't <laughs> know an entrepreneur to look up to <laughs> an author holy fuck next question this is a good one were there any plot twists that stumped you if so which ones there were so many so like for me it was like the whole dane of it all like i thought that dane was the murderer and then they set it up for indigo to be the murderer but then indigo didn't even her spirit didn't even exist because the book was fake and then i thought that like um i thought that ewan and petra were in a relationship but they weren't and then i thought that um well and then it turned out obviously that martha was like the culprit of everything but like just crazy like i don't know if this is just me but like i feel like this book had like too many twists if that makes sense like i feel i would just much rather have like one big one that like literally rocks my world then just have like a bunch of them and like keep guessing because then i'm just like okay like you're literally just playing a game with me and like i i would rather like read the book a second time and like go back and like pick up all the breadcrumbs yeah then like have like have all these like red herrings thrown at me like i don't yeah. know well that's, just it, me, though. That's, that's the thing like it wasn't even like like potential plot twist or something it was literally all just red herrings like i felt so bad for dane like he was at least trying to help her out and like yeah he fucked petra back in the day but like literally he got like injured and then sent to the hospital and then maggie was like uh i'm sorry and he was like i don't forgive you like (laughs) period literally also justice for dane literally justice for dane like <laughs> he was literally showing up trying to help her like remodel this house and she was like yeah you're the killer and he's like no i'm not like, <laughs> and then she literally pushed him off like the second floor and like told the cops <laughs> and the cops she were like you're already done him i was like bitch where's your proof the cops were like you're coming home with me <laughs> yeah no literally that's what they said to dane i can't yeah so i guess that was really it for plot twists 
Next question. For the supernatural slash horror element of the story, how was it used? Do you think that the ghosts and, like, the undead elements were a metaphor for something else? I mean, I feel like it was just a metaphor for, like, in Maggie's life, like, the ghosts and stuff that she was seeing were just, like, metaphors for, like, what was, like, haunting her. Like, literally. Because all the stuff was happening and, like, she wasn't facing it and, like, she didn't have a relationship with her parents and, like, didn't know what her life was like. And then, obviously, um, like, the ghosts for her dad were a metaphor for him and his bag. I just feel like kids like pick up on a lot more than like we give them credit for and so she was probably picking up all like all the shit that was like going on with her parents and stuff like that. I just think that like her like creating the ghost was like her way of rationalizing things and like dealing with them. Yeah I don't know and then for the dad like I think that was literally just so he could get his bag and protect his daughter. Next question. Choose your adventure. You can choose to believe the supernatural element or you can choose to accept the reality. Which do you choose to believe and why? I low-key feel like I, well, because Meg and I believe in ghosts, so I low-key would choose to believe the supernatural element just because, like, I mean, it could have been a placebo effect that, like, she thought it was happening because, like, she read about it, but I don't know. I I totally believe in ghosts, so. No, like, I, I still chose to believe in it. I just feel like there was a lot of shit that happened, um, so... And, like, I think just the age of the house, like, I, I feel like there was probably something that happened. Like, I don't know. I feel like that whole place was just cursed. <laughs> no, because I, I just feel like so many, like, similar things were happening. I was like, this can't just be a coincidence, but whatever, like, I guess. I mean, I didn't think she was, like, a super, like, unreliable narrator, but, like, she was an annoying one. Yeah. But I don't think <laughs> she was unreliable. She was so fucking annoying. She was a really fucking annoying narrator, but... Yeah, I mean, she literally was. I was like, oh my god. Every time she, like, I, I, even though I said I didn't like the book within a book, I still liked that part better than, like, her chapters. I know. She was like, you're so annoying. so annoying. I, I, I don't like the book within a book, but I would have just rather preferred to read her dad's book. Like, I would have rather just read a book about a haunted house. Yeah. Instead of, like, oh. (laughs) That's what I thought that this was. Like, instead of a book about a haunted house. But wait, the house wasn't even haunted. Like, bitch, uh, I wanted to read some spooky stories. It's none of some like, made-up shit. I've been lied to. Yeah, seriously. I literally feel like Maggie. Next question. In what ways did the main character's emotional journey mirror the supernatural elements of the plot? Were there any aspects of the plot that highlighted or contrasted the main character's growth as a character? I don't know. Personally, for me, I just feel like the whole part of like her finally like obviously i guess the ghost stuff didn't really happen but like the whole part of her kind of like accepting the ghost and like seeing like all of the stuff happening in real life obviously ended up being like hannah and ended up being like martha but it was kind of her like accepting like her dad's mindset and like in my opinion like finally achieving growth and like seeing the house through her dad's eyes if that makes any sense honestly yeah i see you killed that one i have nothing to add shit okay fuck Next question. What do you think the purpose of the book was? What ideas or themes was the book trying to get across? I feel like the the book was just trying to get across, like, um, the truth is stranger than fiction. Like, this guy was out here trying to sell us this book, this non-fiction book, and it was all fake. You literally cannot believe anybody. Trust no one. That's what the book was trying to tell us. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, like, I just think that this book was trying to tell us that the haunting of hill house was like a really good um concept and that it needed to be in book form (laughs) um so i think that's what riley sager was trying to tell us bessie is in book form it's a based on a book 
No, but um, they really like gravitated from Shirley Jackson well, yeah. version. So I like pretty much like nothing about that book is the same. Like yeah. they invented a lot of characters and like they're like Luke was the only child. And like, so yeah, I don't know. So I do mean like The Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix show. I don't no. mean the Shirley Jackson novel. I think he just watched The Haunting of Hill House in what was that 2018 and he really got inspired and then he wrote this book yeah and it really just changed yeah because the show came out in like what like 2018 or something yeah he probably watched it over quarantine and was like yo this is fire and then he came out with it because it came out in 2020 so it i did? feel like that's definitely what happened oh my God, i didn't know that fuck okay yeah i literally looked it up i was like did he like write this in 2018 oh my god that's so embarrassing like i literally was like oh this is probably like his first book like and all these books have gotten came out and been better since clearly not next question was the ending a surprise to you why or why not duh because i literally could not predict it i there were so many red herrings like we said it was literally just thrown out in the middle of nowhere i do like i did like the ending though yeah, like, I feel like Aaron said there were a lot of red herrings. I feel like there wasn't, like, a ton of evidence to, like, show that it was Marta. Yeah. Um, Like, I feel like she had a motive, but I feel like other people, like, would have made more sense. Yeah. But it didn't end up being them. I feel like he was really just going for, like, shock value. Yeah. Um, And not so much, like, oh, this makes sense. Like, it's chronological. Like, he was just, like, here's this rando person. Like, yeah. this is the killer. Yeah, I mean, I think the only evidence that we really had that, like, Martha was the, um, that, like, she was crazy was the fact that, like, her husband murdered their daughter and then killed himself and then she stayed in the same town and, like, moved down the street. Like, I think that was the only evidence. Next question. If you could change something about the story, what would it be and why? I was going to say, I was going to tell Riley Sager not to write this book. Um, and, like, wait for survival I would, I would probably say come up with more original content yeah um maybe do something that like hasn't been done before because i feel like the haunted house trope is like kind of been there done that I and i feel like he done that he, i feel like he really needed to like come up with something new like that's cool if you want to do that like um motif but like you need to add something new to it yeah like put a new spin on it yeah um whether that's like fucking vampires or like werewolves or some shit whatever like you want to do but like just do something that hasn't been done before because there are a million haunted house books yeah riley you're 2018 and late yeah i would just i would honestly make it shorter and i would cut out all of maggie narrating thank you my second to last question is were there any questions left unanswered that you just can't stop thinking about what's dane up to Okay, my final question. If you have the chance to ask the author one question, what would it be? Why did you write this? Did you not have an editor? <laughs> Do you need us to read your future arcs? I, and I don't understand all, like, the positive reviews that were, like, I saw one review that was, like, this is, like, the best book I've read all year. I was, like, girl, where? No, and, like, literally, I asked for book recommendations, like, in the Redheads Facebook group, and I was, like, I'm picking the spooky pick, and, like, I need to make a good impression. And so many people were, like, home before dark, home before dark, and it had such positive reviews i was like yes dude i just i feel like you and i never we're literally gonna sound like pygmies but i feel like we never like what other people like i know like i feel like my favorite books are books that have like 
3.5 ratings and like the ones that have like fours or something i'm like that book was literally awful i loved luckiest girl alive and survive the night and they both have like 3.4 3.5 and like i think they're iconic yeah i don't know what that's about but so, um, i feel like i and i i can't trust people as much anymore like i really just have to read it myself <laughs> me it gets giving me trust issues it's giving trust issues. It's giving trust issues. It's not giving what it's supposed to give. Nope. But now we're going to get into everybody's favorite segment. So this is really exciting because actually in March of 2020, uh, I forget what like or what like company, but the movie rights were purchased. Yeah. So the the rights were purchased in February 2020, but because of COVID, obviously production is put on pause. So I think it's still on pause as of now. But we're going to be casting Maggie Young and Old, Ewan, Jess Young and Old, Petra, Hannah Young and Old, Martha, Elsa, and Dane. So Meg, who did you have for Young Maggie? I said Millicent Simmons. She's from A Quiet Place. Aww. I thought that little girl was, like, really good, and I feel like she could do it. For Young Maggie, I had Violet McGraw, who's Young Nell in Haunting Hill House. Okay, me. She was so cute. I know. Who'd you have for Old Maggie? I said Margot Robbie. So cute. She was described as having blonde hair in the book, so I was like, who's the most iconic blonde I know? And it's Margot, it's Margot Robbie. See, I literally don't listen to any character descriptions, and I just let it listen to, like, what's in my head. So I did Victoria Pedretti, who was old Nell in Haunting of Hill House. Okay, so you're literally just copying the Haunting of Hill House. Okay, not, not for the whole thing. It's only for the first few. Who'd you have for Ewan? I said Ewan McGregor. <laughs> That's a good one, Bessie. Also, I feel like he could do it. He's literally such a good actor. No, he is. Um, and he's, like, hot. And I, I kind of pictured the dad, like, the young dad being hot. Yeah. So. Okay. I did the young dad from Haunting of Hill House. No, well, I didn't do him. So you can do him. Oh, um, I said uh, Michael Gambon. Who's that? He was, like, he played Dumbledore in Harry Potter. Oh, he obviously doesn't look like that. <laughs> Imagine her dad is fucking Dumbledore being a convict. He's like, weird, like down to his kneecaps. I can't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he would have like a creepy, like haunted vibe to him. No, I get it. Yeah, so I didn't do him old. So who did you do for Jess Young? I said Mamie Gummer. Aw, cute bestie. I did Carla Gugino. <laughs> Gugino. Wait, you literally just wrote down the haunting of no, the house. No, I told you that that was my last one. Who did oh you? Oh my god. Who did you do for old? Aaron's Jess? just doing a reboot of Haunting of the House. Stop. Um, for um for, for my old one, for I did Meryl Streep. I did Meryl Streep. Oh, good one. Oh my god, because that's her mom. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they're mother, yeah, they're mother and daughter. So I was like, yeah, that's better than that. Okay, for old Jess, I was trying to decide between Annie McDowell or Susan Sarandon. Um, so who'd you do for Petra? For Petra, I did um, Nicola Peltz. Oh, good one. Because I feel like she's really hot, and she was in um, Bates Motel, and like I feel like she could definitely do like the creepy vibe. But she's also, like, a seductress. Like, she could definitely pull a dad. See, I feel like we were both on the same vibe of, like, picking someone that's, like, beautiful, but also I feel like could get it. Um, I did Margaret Qualley. Oh, that's a good one. Because I feel like she's, like, mysterious, but she's beautiful, but, like, she also could pull some. So I just thought that she's, like, that was good. Because, like, I feel like she looks kind of on the younger side, and she was supposed to be 16, so. Mm-hmm. Um, who did you do for Hannah Young? 
I did. <laughs> this might be a little bit of a stress. So is mine, so um, it's okay. But I I did Dove Cameron. <laughs> Better than mine, bestie. I so- just pictured them as like these little blonde like German girls. Well, well, when she's young, she's supposed to be six. So I did Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, ew. I hate her. <laughs> I know. I should have done Joey King. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I know. Oh my god, no. Who'd you do for old Hannah? Um, I did Anya Taylor Joy. Oh Mag, that's a good one. I did I feel like she's really like good at being angry and shit. I love and her. Hannah was very angry. I did Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, who'd you do for Martha? I don't know why. She just like creeps me the fuck out. Do you know who Tilda Swinton is? Oh yeah. <laughs> You just feel like, like she is so creepy. Like, who the fuck stays there after your husband commits a murder suicide? That's and, so like, funny. Knows who you are? Like, I feel like you just have to be like a really creepy, like fucked up person. And I feel like Tilda Swinton could definitely pull that off. Who yeah. Did you pick? <laughs> I did Margot Martindale, who is the grandma from Hannah Montana the movie. <laughs> Okay, that's literally me. Isn't that, isn't that Loki good though? That's you know that's good. Mine's just like yours mine's is better. Not good, but it's just creepy. No, yours is better, Bessie. Who'd you do for Elsa? Um, for Elsa Young, I did Robin Wright. Oh, you did Young. Oh my god, you're smart. I mean, I think she was supposed to be like. I, I mean, I'm picturing her like when she when um Maggie was a kid, she was probably like in her like. 40s or 50s yeah so i guess um, this is so my, i said robin right i guess this is my young elsa i did uma thurman okay oh i don't know she might be too hot i know that's what i'm saying and then i'm like i'm like would my i'm like trying to think of any old actress i'm like betty white like um for my old one i did helen mirren oh i like that better okay because she was in that movie um the woman in gold and she did a german accent and elsa's german um and i thought she did a pretty good one yeah i don't know what german actresses so so i only like marlena dietrich okay me um i only did one actor for dane like an old one um i did chris pratt um okay i did jacob alordi oh good I feel like he is like hot but like he definitely has an edge to him yeah a little young but yeah, but I feel like they could make him look a little... I think he's, like, almost 30. No way. Yeah. You looking him up? See, I mean, but, like, mine's probably a little old, because, like, they're, they're supposed to be 30. Jacob Alordi. About 24. Oh, he's only 24? Yeah. I mean, it's not like... Uh, well, he looks... He literally looks like he's, like, 32. I mean, it's not too far off. Well, yeah, and then mine's 42, so I'm like, eh. We, Maybe somewhere... And we gotta work on him. <laughs> Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I, I, I couldn't really picture, like, anyone for him. I, I, I was why. just picturing someone, like, big. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, well, that's why I said Jacob Alordi, because he's literally, like, 6'7". Like, seven. Seven. Big and strong. Oh, my God, okay, me. So, Meg, uh, what is your final rating for... Oh, well, well first of all, um, should we read our quote? We're going to read our quote, and then we're going to do our final rating, and then we're going to do what other books we read this month. Because we re- I actually didn't read as much as I normally do, but... Yeah. Okay, can you read yours while mine loads? Um, okay, so mine is, Finally, I cry for all the versions of myself that have existed throughout the years. Confused five-year-old, sullen child of divorce, 
a furious nine-year-old, inquisitive me, defiant me, dutiful me, so many incarnations, each one seeking answers, leading me right to here, to right now, to a potential truth I have no idea how to handle. Bessie! Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel like, the, like, like that quote was like really relatable for, for a lot of people, people but I also feel like, like it was ugh, relatable to Maggie. Ugh. Yeah. Even though I literally hated her, she sounded like she had a lot going on. So no, Bessie, that was beautiful. Thank you. It's not here. No, but that that was like a good quote. My quote was just from the beginning because this was. I know that I don't really like the book that much if I'm not highlighting or like take because like if you guys didn't know for all of my Goodreads reviews I start off with my favorite quote and normally with every book I read I'm highlighting or taking photos so I can remember for later and this was one of two books this year where like I was just so uninterested that I like forgot to even like remember a quote so I just went back to the beginning and took one that I liked so this is from like the prologue every house has a story ours is a ghost story it's also a lie and now that yet another person has died within these walls it's finally time to tell the truth i feel like that's just like a classic though yeah like i mean th- it, there's no real deeper meaning or anything it's just there's star she blows so meg, it's a good hook you know meg what is your final rating for home before dark by riley sager um i gave this book a two out of five stars i gave um, it a three yeah i don't even think i the only reason i say two is because i wouldn't recommend that someone read it um and i think like three like a three star for me is like i would still recommend it but two i would not recommend it and i don't really think this book is worth the read i think riley sager has better books and there are just like better books out there yeah see it's hard because it's like i didn't enjoy this but clearly other people did so i feel bad not recommending it in my case but also like i i would not like reread again me i'm like do i drop this off at the free library like no dude i'm kind of mad i spent money i know so it's a (laughs) 2.5 Woo! yeah all right that's so rough so our our average rating for home before dark by riley sager is a 2.5 and now we're going to pull up the other books that we read this month so if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode well last month's episode i suppose we read um the Midnight Library, and that was a pretty great book. So, do you want to share your first book that you read? I think we read the, like the same amount. So, I, I <laughs> might have talked about this in the last batch. I don't remember. But so, so the first book I had was The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. I gave this four stars. Um, um, I thought it was like a decent thriller. I read it cover to cover. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend this one. First book I read was Golden Girl by Elin Hildebrand. This is the book that I actually was talking about that I was currently reading when we filmed the, when we recorded the last episode. So good. Really great book. If you've like recently lost somebody, it was just a really great message that like the people that we love are never too far away. I gave it five stars. Um, the next one I read was Verity by Colleen Hoover. Whoa! This is an Aaron wreck. And also I feel like a wreck of ever, anyone ever. I saw, yeah. I've literally been seeing this book like recommended to me on goodreads i've seen like other people just like on instagram like um i've seen it on book talk i've seen it like literally everywhere um this book honestly lived up to the hype i gave it five stars yeah i was completely mind um i thought it was so good next book i read was the tattooist of auschwitz i i read like a lot of world war ii like historical fiction back to back so maybe not the best timing but this was a library book 
I gave it three stars. Obviously not for the like the content and for the actual story, but the way that it was written, um, it was just like so like draggy for me. Uh, I think just the way that it was written because originally the author wrote it as a screenplay and then adapted it into a book, so it was just very like formulaic, and I just didn't really feel any emotion. So I gave it a three. No, I get that. I'm kind of mad because I. I bought that book and I didn't read it. So I'm kind of like, uh, I don't really want to read it now just because you said that it wasn't like the best book. But hey, I don't know. Hey, but it's really short. So I feel like I could read it like quickly. I was going to say, it's not even 300 pages. And hey, you never know. Like, books hit different. That's why, like, it, unless a book is like horrible, like literally ruined my life, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, don't read this because it's like, it could have a different impact on somebody else. Honestly, though, like, I would say that about um, Home Before Dark. Yeah. No, I I get it. The next one I had was Before We Were Strangers by Renee Carlino. Yay! And literally shoved this book at me at the library and said, you're taking this out. Um, I did. I thought it was super cute. I gave it four stars. Um, a cute little, like, college romance moment. I thought it was a good book. I liked it. Next book that I read was The Lies of Starts a Rumor. Meg, you would like this because you just read, uh, I mean, I'm not going to spoil what you just read on audiobook, but this is really good. It was like a small town drama. So funny. It was like this girl in a, like, I feel like every small town has like a Facebook group where all the moms talk shit. And like this woman basically starts a rumor that like another woman in the community is like getting cheated on. Um, I thought it was cute. There was just, it was kind of like this book. Uh, just like some recent books in a way where there are so many characters that like I was like 40% in and I still couldn't keep straight like two of the characters names and I hate that so I gave it a um I technically gave it a 3.5 but I rounded it up to four well, that was nice, nice of you yeah I round no. down yeah I, I always round up <laughs> no, no that's nice, nice. Um, um the next one I read was Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore I thought this was really good um, it was a really interesting topic. I've never, like, read a book like this before. If you like time travel, um, I guess it's kind of time travel. I don't know, but if you like that kind of vibe, I would definitely read this. I gave it four stars. Next book I read is my new favorite book ever. It's If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. I love dark academia. I love a little murder. I love a little mystery. And the writing was so beautiful, and it literally made me want to read Shakespeare after, so I gave it five stars, clearly period i want to read that one um the next one i read was and then there were none by agatha christie classic um who done it i think agatha christie like invented true crime murder mystery for sure um i there's actually a book right now that came out recently about her disappearance because she disappeared in like a really, a really weird, weird way and no one knows what happened to her so i actually want to read that but this was my first agatha christie and i really liked it Glad to um, hear it, Messi. That one, five stars. Next book I read was The Last Mrs. Parish. This was actually a nostalgic read because uh, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I actually hit my reading goal. Yay! Ooh. It was 100 books, but this was the first book, well, the last book that I read of. 2020 and it's what made me realize that I wanted to like get into reading again like I did when I was younger I read this and I loved it on reread it was pretty corny and I didn't I wasn't obsessed with it so I gave it three stars but that was on a reread of course I would still recommend people read it we were talking about that because we were saying like that book is so shocking but like I feel like you're not supposed to read that more than once yeah like the first time I read it like it was a five but then when Aaron was telling me like about 
the, the like, thing she noticed, noticed the second time reading it, it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you're, like, right. you're right. Yeah. So, like, so, like I'm probably not going to pick that book up again, but I would definitely give it to someone. Like, I would lend it to them just for, like, some shock value. Yeah. Um, the, the next one Aaron and I actually, actually both read was The Song of the Killers by Matt That's my next one, too. Oh, oh my god, god you guys. It was so we, good. So, so it's by the same author that did Cersei, which was, um, I think, like, one of our first book picks. It was fucking iconic. Even if you don't like Greek mythology, this book is beautiful. It's about Achilles and how he was gay and he had this beautiful relationship. Um, with, with this guy, guy and it was, it was just like, like honestly like I cried my eyes out it was like haunting and I want to read it again it was really good yeah we both gave it five stars it was amazing the next book I read though was my 100th book of the year this is also a reread but it was the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo I read this for the first time in like April of 2020 and it hit me so hard it made me cry and it made me cry well it didn't make me cry on the reread but it was just so beautiful and it's just like such an exciting world that I wanted to live in so I gave it five stars that book was so good oh my god um the next one I read was the giver of stars by Jojo Boys you guys probably know her she wrote the need before you like books like the series um, and, and I, I did like, like those books, but this book was very, very different than the other one she's written. It was historical fiction. And it was just really about, like, how important, like, books are and, like, like education is to, like, a small rural community. Um, so, so I would definitely read this if you like librarians, if you like reading, which if you like reading, you're probably listening to this podcast. Yeah. I definitely recommend this one, and I gave this four stars. I didn't read any more, did you? I have, I have four, four more. more. Oh, dude. Okay, you can go. Um, the, the next one. one oh, well, I guess we can count one more time. Well, yeah. So, so the, the next one I read was The Escape Room by Megan Golden. She actually wrote Night Swim. If you guys have ever read that. Wait, before. I didn't realize they were the same one. person. I, I have that on what? my. I, I didn't realize those were the same person. I have that on my Kindle. Oh, oh that's so funny. funny. No, no, I haven't read it yet, but I really wanted to read it. Um, I've, I've heard, heard some, like, mixed things, things about it, um, but, but I definitely still am planning to read it, especially after I read this one. one. I, I thought this book was so good. I gave it five stars. I literally, like, flew through it, and I, it was just so good. Oh, my God. It was, like, a classic thriller. Um, I really didn't guess what was happening at the end, so I really appreciated that. Um, and if you do, like, escape rooms, definitely would recommend this book. I don't have any more. So are, are you going to talk about how you're reading that right now? now? Or oh, it? yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm also listening to that right now. So I'm 60% done and I'm liking it so far. There's a lot. I would I would warn that, yes, it is about escape room, but it's also a lot about like finance and kind of like hustle and like the grind, but I find it really appealing. Because I'm just, like, not like that at all. So, like, I think it's interesting that, like, other people are like that. Yeah. Like, it's a lot about just, like, workplace drama, which, like, I like. Like, I've found that I like workplace drama books and um, books that are, like, like academia drama. So, if you don't like yeah, that, I, also, I wouldn't recommend because it's really heavy on that. But I talked about this book earlier. The X-Hex. Um, just, just a good, good solid, solid Halloween read. Um, um, I gave that three, three out of five stars. stars. The, the author, author actually like came out and said it's like hocus pocus, 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 poc
Um, I wouldn't really compare, compare it to Hocus Pocus because, because that is the best Halloween movie ever made. Um, so, so I don't think that's, that's like, touchable. But um, this, this book was still, like, really cute. cute. It kind of reminded me of, like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, witch I would say more. more. Mm-hmm. Um, the next um, one, um, I read, this is my last book, is Ask Again Yes by Mary Beth Keen. Um, this, this book was so good. good. Um, it's, it's all about, about like, family and suburban drama. So if you, if you like, like that stuff, stuff if you, you like Eliza has a rumor, you would also probably really like this book. Yeah. I would, I would say, say it's definitely more, like, sad. It's, it's not, not, like, super sad, sad but, like, there is some, like, sad stuff that happens. Like, I didn't cry or anything, but it's a cool concept because, like, it starts, it starts off with two families, families and, like, and like before, before they, they have kids and then like they have kids and then like like they talk about as the kids get older, older and then towards the end of the book it's like the kids and like they, and like they have their own kids, kids. so, so mm-hmm. it's really really cool to see like their whole lives, lives which is cool yeah so what we're currently reading like meg's we already kind of said i'm currently reading slash listening to the the escape room by megan golden and i'm also reading in my dreams in my dreams, I hold a knife, which is said to be like the thriller of 2021. So I'm really liking it so far. I'm like 40% in. Oh my, oh my god, god, that's like, like that, sounds that sounds so good. good. I really, you have to let me know, know if you like that one because it's just right up my alley. It's like right up my alley because it's like dark academia. Like they're like they basically like come back for their college reunion and like their friend was murdered when they were like seniors in college, and like her brother thinks that like one of them did it. Oh my, oh my god, god. Oh my that's so interesting. So, so I'm, I'm um, reading, reading right now uh, Apples, Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. She wrote Big Little Lies, Lies and, I and I think The Husband's Secret. Secret. Praying for you. I am not that far in. in. I think I'm maybe like 60 pages in and it's like 400 pages. So I wouldn't say I'm like that far in, but I like it so far. I wouldn't say I love it. Um, but, but it's not, not as like corny as I thought the husband's secret was. Yeah, because I love Big Little Lies the book, but I didn't like the, hu- the husband's secret. So I'm like, I don't really know which way this one's gonna go. And then I'm listening to The Family Upstairs by Lisa Jewell. We actually that was our first book club book was by the same author, and I really liked that one. So I'm hoping that this one's good. I like it so far. Yeah, I heard good things about it. I tried to read it, like, over the summer, but um, I just had, like, too much stuff on my plate with, like, other library books and stuff, so I returned it, but I'm looking forward to reading that as well. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed. Definitely let us know if you have any other book recommendations that we should take or any books that you want us to read in the future because we'd love to hear them. And I, I, have, best I have, have to say what book I'm reading. Re- oh, my God. Did you choose it? Yeah. Bessie! So the next Love You Read It book choice is my choice for the month of November. It is Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Bean. Oh my god! Um, this book actually just got picked up by Netflix and the producer of The Crown is making it into a TV show. Bestie, this is so exciting. I'm, I just clicked want to read. I'm literally so excited. Um, I think I'm just going to buy this book because I feel like it's going to be really good. I'm going to buy it too. I love Sometimes I Lie, so I feel like this is going to be good. Yeah, but definitely make sure to pick up Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney, and we cannot wait to recap on the next episode. I guess without further ado, we'll see you guys next week. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Love you, read it. <laughs>